episode, I talk with my friend and director, Christopher Bickle. You may know him from his films Bad Girls and The Theta Girl. He has a new horror film coming out sometime this year uh, called Patter Noster. And uh looks really killer. Uh, looks like some occult horror type stuff, which I really dig. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. And uh, I have the link to the Indiegogo page and stuff in the uh, show notes. So you can uh, pre-order a copy and uh, help support a really cool movie. So after you're done with this episode, make sure you check out my fellow horsemen of the podcast, Apocalypse. Everything with Black Podcast. Into the Necrosphere. The Necromaniacs Podcast, Spitball Media, Iblis Manifestations, and the Soul Knox Podcast. And um, also, if you want to help support the podcast, uh, leave a rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever you uh, listen to the podcast. That That's much appreciated. And um, also, check out the Horwolf 666 uh, Teespring store. I have uh, t-shirts, uh, coffee mugs, all kinds of stuff on there. So, uh Check that out, and once again, I hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Yeah, I have the, I'm same as you, I have the DIY, um, you know, mindset and stuff, especially coming from the world of music, like both of us have, you know, been in bands and stuff, and I, I treat the podcast as the same way I treat, like, being in a band. It's all DIY and trying to get the most out of my money and try to do it all myself if I can, so. Yeah, punk rock. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I had somebody once tell me uh, my podcast is kind of like the uh, uh, like a, a metal version of like a hard podcast. It's the way I approach things and everything. I'm like, cool, I can totally get that. So that's a compliment to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, how have things been going your way? Uh, everything's good. Uh, I have a lot of work to do. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm in editing right now with, with the uh, newest feature that I'm working on and uh, it's a lot and I, I'm trying to raise money at the same time so that's almost a full-time job in and of itself is, is just trying to promote uh, the crowdfunding campaign to raise the money to finish the movie it's a lot oh I'm sure man and I gotta say uh, Paternoster and the Mission of Light looks fucking killer and totally up my alley oh thanks yeah I, I'm I'm really excited about it I think this is this will be my third movie, and I think this one has the most me in it. Um, the, the the first one I did was was written by someone else, and then the second one I did, uh, I co-wrote with a, a good friend of mine. And and this one is is just all me, and and there's just it's it's just pretty much I, I packed everything that I love and think is cool in, in, into one movie. So ho- hopefully, there's other people out there like me. <laughs> that, that that like that are fascinated by this uh th- these weird cults and uh and and old hippie like psych records and shit like that oh yeah i'm I'm sure there's a big following i know um i'm in a like my podcast group that i'm in the uh horseman of the podcast apocalypse all the you know different associations i have with different podcasters are in, like this big giant like super group of different podcasts but um i can say just from our audience as a total like that type of horror is like big with us so i'm sure you're gonna get a bunch of fucking new fans and people like following the hell out of this movie yeah i hope so uh you know it's it's a weird one and and i think when you're operating at this level of of basically having no money to put into stuff and and you're kind of scrounging to do things like you just you kind of have to like go full bore into the the weird that's because that's Mm -hmm. that's 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 where you find your people you know, we're we're all just sort of here, like under the under the uh, floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, that's that, yeah, that's totally true. Where, um, how did you get your idea for this film? Like, where did it all come from? Okay, so, um, well, again, like, the, probably the theme of this conversation is is going to be just of not having money, <laughs> and so when when you're trying to do a feature film uh, with with very little uh when you go into the writing stage of it you just kind of have to write to things that that you have access to uh so resources that you have and as i was starting to write my next movie i knew i, I wanted it to be a horror movie because the last movie i did bad girls was uh not a horror movie it was it was a like a 
a road film, mm-hmm. like a girl gang road movie. And, and, and I love that genre, but I, I came to find quickly that, uh, if you do a horror movie, there's a plethora of, uh, blogs and podcasts and, 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 uh, journalists that will write about your horror movie. But if you do a, a girl gang road movie, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, blogs that are devoted to that genre. Right. So, so I realized, well, I should go back to horror, especially, you know, when you're doing this stuff on the cheap, if you're going to find a fan, like a fan base, it's just much easier, uh, to do horror. And so I knew I was going to write a horror movie. And the same time as I was getting started with it, uh, a friend of mine, Shauna, so there's this couple, Rob and Shauna, and they provided all the cool cars and bad girls. They, uh, they're, they're this, uh, couple of gearheads that, that fix up old cars and they always have just like really badass stuff. Mm-hmm. And Shauna messaged me and she said, uh, Hey, we just bought this old school bus and we want to paint it like a old hippie bus, like the, uh, Ken Kesey further bus uh, for the acid test. And she's like, if you want to use something like that in one of your movies i just want you to know that, that we're going to have that available and i was like okay well let me just write a movie uh, around this bus so that's that's kind of what i did was was i had the idea of, of a hippie cult uh they had this bus and around the same time as all that was happening i found this album at a thrift store uh by a group called yahoa 13 and mm-hmm. that was the musical offshoot of the source family, which was a kind of a famous cult mm-hmm. in California in the early seventies. And it's a very rare record. And, and I just happened to find it at a thrift store and I became really obsessed with that. So I knew that I wanted to have this cult that, uh, were also, uh, like they had a band and they put out albums and because I've worked in record stores my entire life, I knew that I had access to a record store to shoot in. And again, you know, you're just trying to write to things that you have access to. And so it all kind of came together as a story about a girl who works in a record store. She finds this rare psychedelic album by this this hippie commune and she investigates it and kind of gets drawn into that world. And then then of course, the cult is uh, involved in some really dark stuff and uh, it ends up really badly for uh, this record store clerk and her friends. So that's kind of where it all started. Just just trying to write to things that I had access to. That's killer. Yeah, write what you know, you know. So I think that's perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, it was really easy to write a story about someone who works in a record store. Because I've, I've worked in record stores my entire life, basically. As soon as I got – well, actually, I started working when I was still in college. And uh, so that was a record store called Manifest. Uh, oh, I remember Columbus, Manifest. Yeah. Remember, um, so yeah. I, I started working there and I worked there for a few years and I opened my own store called Nuclear Days that I had for five years. And then after I closed that, I went to work for Papa Jazz in Columbia and I've worked there ever since. So my day job, pretty much my entire life has been working in record stores. That's killer to, to be you know doing what you love, like, this, you know, surrounded by music every day. That's really badass, man. Yeah, you know, the thing is, it doesn't pay very well. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, that's kind of like why I'm in the position of where I'm having to like crowdfund and, and beg people for money to to do my movies because, uh, you know, I basically I make enough to live, uh, but I can't complain about it because I get to do what I love doing. And, you know, what I love doing is um, is music. And, and I've been a record collector my entire life. And, uh, you know, the one great thing about working in a record store is you get first pick of everything that comes in the store. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, like my record collection is really awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've lived a pretty, uh, meager, uh, lifestyle, but, but I have really cool fucking records. Hell yeah, that's I, I live the same way. But besides records, I collect like really uh, weird Blu-rays and stuff, and like expensive special edition Blu-rays of certain movies. And I, I like uh, I'll be I'm cheap on a lot of things, but when it comes to, like horror and like shit, I really want I save up and fucking make sure I, I will have that, you know. Yeah, I, I'm the same way with with movies too. And 
uh, I mean, it's really my, my two great loves, uh, my entire life is, have been records and, um, and well, when I first started, it was, it was strictly punk rock was all I was into. And then, then as I've gotten older, I've branched out to, a, I mean, almost every genre of music I think has really great, great music. Um, but, but movies like particularly horror movies, uh, I've, I've just been obsessed with my entire life. And, uh, and I'm the same, same way, like, you know, when, uh, vinegar syndrome or uh severin you know puts out a, a new slew of stuff i'm right there i'm like okay but what, what do you got and, and, and i've spent way too much money on that stuff but you know i love it and there's like, worse things i could spend money on you know oh exactly like uh, about like 10 minutes before we had this conversation i just uh found out that arrow put out a uh conan uh collections called a uh, conan the conqueror collections like both movies and all this like all this like killer like extra sub booklets artwork and everything and they cut the yeah. price in half from like 90 to 50 so I'm like well i'm getting that so i just put my pre-order in for that because i fucking love the first conan film and i do appreciate the second one even though the second one's kind of out there it's still super fun you know yeah and, and man i'm such a sucker for us like if they put it out and there's a new commentary track on it like well yeah i gotta hear the new commentary track even though uh the original conan commentary track with arnold schwarzenegger is is maybe the best commentary track ever recorded i agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 just it's like comedy gold <laughs> yeah, that was way back in the day for Arnold too, and like uh, his English was definitely not very good. And, yeah, <laughs> his uh, new documentary is really good on Netflix. Have you seen the new Arnold documentary? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, oh but man, I, I'm dying to. It's so good. And like those guys from that generation, like Arnold, you know, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Van Damme, like those are like my idols growing up, you know. And knowing how old they're getting now, like when I watch his documentary with Arnold, like knowing that he's like what 80 or upper 70s or something like that but uh it's, it's sad you know because i know they're going out eventually like there's nobody really out there that's going to replace those guys to me you know yeah it was definitely like like there was a just a certain kind of male lead actor that you had during that time that that has kind of gone away like we don't we don't really see uh that that much of that anymore uh, which, you know, is, is kind of a shame because because that's, you know, me too. Like, that's the stuff I grew up on. I just I just fucking love uh, all those guys. Uh, man, Commando is is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I, I, I could watch that. Like, if, if that's the only movie I owned, like, I, I could still just watch it over and over and over. Oh, yeah, dude, it's gold. Like, all those old Arnold movies, pretty much any damn more. I, I didn't really get into the newer Arnold stuff in the 2000s or later 2000s. I think End of Days was, like, one of the last Arnold films I really enjoyed. But everything yeah, after that's, that, I'm that's like, good. Eh. It is. End yeah, of Days well, is super underrated, too. Yeah, well, it, you know, he kind of just fell into that thing that a lot of them fall into where, well, you know, they sort of become a parody of themselves and, and do a lot of comedies. And it's all about like the jokes and, and I'm sure it's a great paycheck for them and they can just kind of walk through it. But, uh, you know, like, we just watched Jingle all the way uh, a couple uh, of nights ago. And I mean, it's a fun movie, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's like I don't want, when I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't want to think about him like that. I want to think <laughs> about him just like, you know, just kicking everybody's ass and throwing people off clips and shit. Yeah. I mean, I do appreciate Jingle all the way. Just watching it this time of year is cool just because I like to watch like cheesy ass Christmas movies during this time. But uh, yeah, that's not the Arnold I remember. I, like I said, I remember Commando Arnold, Predator Arnold. You know, that's that's my Arnold. Yeah. So so I've been trying to, uh, you know, every year I, I kind of do a thing, which I think a lot of people have started doing around in October. At, like every day you watch a horror movie. Well, um, I kind of have started doing it with Christmas now too. So as, as um, December 1st started, it's just a Christmas movie every day. And I try and uh, do like one day will be like a Christmas horror movie. Mm. And then the next day will be, be like a, a fun, like family kind of Christmas movie. And, and uh, but I'm getting back into, uh, you know, all like the great Christmas horror movies. And uh, we uh, just watched, um, well, my favorite uh, we watched two nights ago, Black Christmas. Oh yeah. Which might, 
might be my favorite slasher movie of all time too. I mean, I just, it's just, it's so effective. And it's one of those movies that every time you watch it, you see all the nuance in it and just what a great storyteller Bob Clark was. And uh, I recently rewatched Porky's. Uh, oh yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like the same, the same guy. So Bob Clark who made black Christmas uh, also made a Christmas story mm-hmm. and Porky's. And, and it's funny if you watch all three of those together, pretty close to one another, like they're all real similar, even mm-hmm. though, even though tonally, they're, they couldn't be different from one another, but they, but he does this thing where he can kind of capture this, um, like, uh, a sort of a nostalgic feeling and, and this sort of hominess, uh, and it's even in Porky's, like there's like this sort of hominess to it. And, uh, Black Christmas, I think is really effective because it has that hominess. And, mm-hmm. and so when the killer invades that home, like you're, you, you're, it's really fucking with your sense of familiarity with your surroundings. And man, that killer, that's like the one, cause you never see You only see, ever see the killer's eyeball. Right. But you hear him talking on the phone and those phone calls are so fucked up. <laughs> like, he had a voice, man. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And, and he's doing like, a, but like a bunch of different voices and, and, and you can sort of tell like something, really bad happened to the guy when he was a kid. Like he maybe killed his sister or something. And, uh, and it just like fucked him up and man, like that, I don't know that I think that's one of the most effective killers of all time. And and maybe it's because you don't see him. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And like the, the fear of the unknown, it's what, it's what's scary to me when, you know, we don't really know what the killer is or what he looks like or, you know, what species yeah. it is. It could be like a fucking monster or something on other line or whatever. But the like this, the unknownness of everything, that's what's scary to me. When people give it away too fast with the, you know, whatever monster or killer they have and they just like have it on screen the whole fucking time. And it's kind of, I don't know, lessons to blow for me when it comes to, you know, being scary. Yeah, that, that was the, the problem that a lot of people had with the um, Rob Zombie Halloween movies was that he explained Michael Myers. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, like I get I get the intention. I get wanting to, like, explain that. But the, when you when you do explain him, then it takes away some of the terror because mm-hmm. one of the things that was scary about the original Michael Myers and the original Halloween was like, like, you just didn't like what the fuck? is this guy's deal. <laughs> like, right. you, just, you didn't know what his deal was. You just knew <laughs> like, Oh, well, he's the boogeyman. Like, like, you know, you're not supposed to necessarily know the boogeyman's backstory. He's just the boogeyman. He's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob zombie kind of humanized, uh, you know, him in the, in his first film, I, I, actually both films are kind of like, all right, this is just a regular dude that's had, you know, a lot of shit go down and, you know, he finally broke. I don't. Yeah, I, I do. I do like how they uh, had like a big ass intimidating Michael Myers and stuff. But I, I like the original where, like you said, you don't really know what this guy is really like. I've always been under assumption that he's possessed by like fucking Samhain or something, you know, and like he's evil, right. he's evil incarnate, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I can understand wanting to to explain things. I think that's the human drive is to is to understand but sometimes it just makes for a more enjoyable movie uh, when you don't understand. It's like, you know, uh, I guess the, the classic um, example is Jaws where you don't, you don't see the shark, like, you know, till like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just, sometimes it's scarier when you don't see what, what's, what's coming. Yeah. Jaws is a prime example of that, man. Even till this um, this day now, like I'm still like it still scares me a bit because it's so realistic in the way it's done, you know, because not a lot of shark is in that movie. It's just the assumption that he's there lurking and stuff. And growing up, I did a lot of fishing with my dad and we did a lot of shark fishing. And this was a film we watched every summer before we go fishing. Uh-huh. So, dude, I'd be on that boat just fucking terrified sometimes. Like, I'd ask my dad, like, you know, how far do great whites come into the coast? And I was like, well, sometimes they do come in a bit close. I'm like, oh, fucking. We did hook yeah. up with some pretty big sharks before we never got to see it. I would like fucking pull the boat around. <laughs> so it's like, man, all that's flashing through my mind, you know, it's like, Ugh. yeah, don't fall off the boat. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> and back to uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I did enjoy the uh, first one. Uh, the second one, not so much, man. It's, I don't know. The second one just. It was kind of mean spirited in a in a weird way. I couldn't. I don't know. There's nothing to really like about it. You know, it was just kind of like, eh. but it, I heard he had a bunch of issues with uh, uh production and stuff, and you know, the upper management wanted to do this and that. But I did enjoy the first one for what it was. Yeah, and, and I didn't hate it. Uh, I thought it was okay. Rob Zombie's a guy, man. What a polarizing uh character that guy is, because because so many people just like like hate him, and. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know they make fun of him because you know he puts his wife in all his movies and everything. I think his I think his wife is a fine actress. Um, yeah. It, I I feel like I, I think I've seen all of his movies. D- to me, they're all like okay. Like I, I think he he I think every time he comes really close to making a good movie, and and sometimes he he comes close to making a great movie. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was the one um uh that was set uh oh crap um I'm, Lord of I'm Salem? blanking on the name that's it Lord of Salem that's my favorite um, Rob Zombie movie yeah mine too and I mm-hmm. and I felt like he came so close to making a great movie uh I think it was a good movie and then uh he does something at the end where I, I and I feel like a lot of his movies he kind of blows it at the end. And and I felt like he was like had built this such effective uh, sense of dread and terror, and then like at the very end of it, it kind of turned into a music video. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh man, like you you fucked it up, like you 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 had it going so good, and then you just you just sort of turned it into some other thing that that I didn't come here for. And uh, so it, it, at the end of that movie, it's like, well it was a great movie until the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And and so I walked away from it like, well, it was pretty good. But, um, I, I, yeah. And I, so many people hated that movie, man. I, I like, yeah, a lot like, of hate. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't like, I don't know what you guys are hating on. Like this, this movie is pretty fucking good. And, um, I don't know. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen the monsters, uh, because I, it just looked, it didn't look good to me. Like the trailer looked terrible. And, and I did read a lot of hate on that one, but uh, I mean, I probably need to watch it just so I, I can, you know, yeah. remain uh, uh, unbiased on that. Yeah, I made it. Monster? Yeah, me and my wife um, watched watched it. Uh, was it last October? Whatever, whatever year it came out, um, we we're like, all right, we'll give it a shot. I've heard nothing but bad things. We made it like 30 minutes in. I just could not take any more of it. Neither could she. So that's I just bad, couldn't do huh? it, man. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this, man? And like. It, yeah, it was pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. I mean, a lot of people like it. And if you like it, that's cool. You know, I it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could tell from the trailer. I was like, nah, like, like fuck this. Uh, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like it's one of those things I'm going to have to watch it eventually just so so I can know for certain. I think I might, the time might it might it. age as it like cult, like it might have a cult following as it ages, maybe. You know what I mean? This is one of those type films, but... Uh, I give it another 20 years and I think it might be more acceptable. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, that's the, the funny thing about how, how things age, uh, particularly what you would might call a cult movie is, is that uh, a lot of really beloved cult movies, like were really panned. Like when they first came out, like considered to be just horrible movies, but then something happens over time and they get reevaluated and and people realize oh no that was actually maybe it was ahead of its time or or it's it's so bad it's good uh mm-hmm. it, it, it's funny because because like uh it was bad or so hated uh so yeah you know we'll we'll see what happens in 20 years if uh if people go back to it maybe maybe we just don't get it yet right <laughs> maybe the the more advanced uh future awaiting us will understand this movie better than what we can <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, i recently uh speaking of cult movies i recently uh talked with uh richard elfman and he did the forbidden zone i'm sure you, you know the uh, forbidden zone yeah i love that yeah movie. yeah that movie yes. is so fucking good and i think it had the same type of thing when it first came out. i think it came out in 81 i believe 
believe 81, maybe a little bit sooner than that. But to me, that was way fucking ahead of his time. That's like something that'd be made like in the nineties or nowadays, really like it was way oh, yeah. out there. So good. Yeah. And, uh, well, the funny thing is, is that, that yeah, like in, in some ways it was ahead of its time, but in other ways, like, like you can't show that movie <laughs> to many people nowadays. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, you know, politically incorrect uh, humor in it yes, but uh yeah. but i but i think you know you kind of have to like uh view it uh in the spirit of humor in which it was made and, and it was definitely um inspired by a lot of uh cartoons from like the 30s and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and and a lot of that comes through and so it was a kind of it was a kind of humor that was really both dated and ahead of its time at the same time mm-hmm. and uh man just what what a weird fucking movie yeah. like, like, like that was that was when i was in college i had that on vhs and that was one of those ones that it was almost like a test where you met some new friend and then mm-hmm. you showed them that movie and if and if they liked it they were cool and if they didn't like it then well, you didn't really need to hang out with them again right so that that was one of the test movies, and then the other big test movie was Pink Flamingos. Oh so, yeah, yeah, that's a big like, test. <laughs> like, yeah, I like that, that, and that would be the one like if you were if you started dating someone, and it's like okay, like check this out, <laughs> and they're like ew, ew, gross, and it's like well things aren't really gonna work out with us. <laughs> that would be a good double feature right there, Forbidden Zone and Pink Flamingos. <laughs> oh, that would be a great double feature. Yeah. Call it a super weird night or something. I don't know. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, those, those really cartoony, cartoony movies that aren't cartoons. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of those in the 80s. Even the early 90s had some fucking weird ass movies, man. Um, trying to think of the um that one was uh the dark darkly backward or whatever. It's the one that's set in the future and like these garbage men are like in this nasty ass fucking future world. And this guy starts to grow a fucking arm out of his back. Have you seen? You know what I'm talking about? I've not seen that, but that sounds. Oh man, I have to send you the link on that one, dude. Yeah, I think it's called the Darkly Backward, and it it came out in the early '90s, and it is so fucking weird, dude. Like this guy starts off with like this like zit on his back, and he's super disgusting. They're fucking eating like garbage and shit. They're just dirty as fuck. They're garbage men. This nasty future world, and uh. This back start, I mean, this arm starts to form out of his back, and he takes up being, he becomes a stand-up comedian. It, man, it is just out there, dude. <laughs> and Bill Paxton's in it too, so that's a plus. Oh man, I love Bill Paxton. God, yes. that guy was, oh. that guy was so cool. Yeah, anything he was in, I was always watching. I don't care if it sucked or not. Like his roles, always, you know, he always fucking performs. You know. Yeah. Did you ever hear his band? Uh, I have not. Um. God, was it? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I because I I don't want to get the name wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Martini Ranch. Um, yes, okay. So he was in this band called Martini Ranch, mm-hmm. and uh, they were kind of like Devo, uh, in a way, like like kind of electronic new wave, and um. Uh, if, if you look them up on YouTube, they had a couple of music videos they made and uh, they're really the music videos are really weird. And uh, and they were just kind of a cool band. And it's it's just it's just weird to to see that guy like doing like this kind of new wave, like 80s band. That's crazy. What did he Was he the vocalist or did he play anything or do both or uh, there were it was two guys. And I'm not sure. I know they both sang. But I'm not sure if if he played instruments in it or if it was the other guy doing the instrumentation. But um, yeah, just kind of kind of a weird like electronic uh, new wave band, Martini Ranch. Martini Ranch, I definitely had to check that out because I had no idea he was in a band. <laughs> That's cool, man. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. I miss Bill Paxton. Like, it sucked when he died. I was like, God damn it, like fuck, because I mean he's good in everything. Yeah, and and he was really involved in um, kind of like a lot of underground film at the time too, where he like he worked on a lot of stuff. I think he worked um, like on uh, some of David Lynch's early stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was just kind of it just seemed like he was kind of a cool guy that was like really like 
uh, in tune with the the underground of stuff that was going on, but then also ended up being in like a lot of like huge, you know, Hollywood movies. Yeah, he was in some big ones, that's for sure. And I think one of his uh his last roles, he was in like a Marvel TV series that was on uh, um, like ABC or something, which was OK. But it was pretty big for him because it's Marvel, you know. Yeah. 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 It's really, really sad. He he passed away uh way too soon. Yeah, totally agree. But uh, he left his mark and he uh, left his mark in one of my favorite films of all time, uh, Near Dark, man. I fucking love Near Dark. Oh, my God. Like, that's that that's like my second favorite vampire movie uh, of all time. It's so that's good. a good choice. Uh, first favorite is uh, Blood for Dracula, the An- Andy Warhol Dracula movie. with. Oh, Rose. nice. Yeah, have that's a good that? one, too. I have. Oh, that's a good one. God. That just that performance. And that that's just that God, that that movie just that's the first uh, DVD that I ever bought when when DVDs came out. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm getting I'm getting fucking blood for Dracula on DVD. Udo Kier is fucking awesome, man. I enjoy him and everything he's into because he's so fucking weird and he's always Udo Kier and everything. You know, he doesn't really change yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, he's he kind of has that Jack Nicholson thing where like Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson in every movie. But but mm-hmm. I'm here for it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I, I, I like Jack Nicholson, <laughs> and I like Udo Kier. Like just uh, uh, one, yeah, one of those guys that sort of plays himself, but it, he's always great. I was recently talking about uh, Jack Nicholson because I think uh, was it last Friday? I usually do like uh, on my social media pages. I do like a Friday night recommendation or whatever, and I try to pull some weird shit out most of the time. But uh, I recommended Wolf, which is one of my favorite werewolf movies, and. You know, Jack Nicholson as a werewolf is fucking badass, man. Yeah. I think that yeah. one doesn't get a lot of love, you know? Yeah, man. I Like, I haven't even thought about that because I haven't seen that since it came out. Um, but that's one I need to, to go back and hit again. I, I, I rewatched some some werewolf movies recently. And uh, so I need I, I kind of need to go back on and hit that one. Um, rewatched uh, The Howling nice. and, of course, American Werewolf, which I think that's that's my pick that's that's the best number one for me too yeah american werewolf in london is my number one number two is the howling and uh yeah i think dog soldiers or silver bullet tie from my number three yeah yeah those are good did you ever see wolfen i did i like wolfen wolfen was cool but i hear the book was better i never got to read the book but i heard the book was a little bit better than the movie but i i enjoyed the movie man it was cool even though i'm not a it wasn't technically a werewolf movie it's more like a skimwalker thing because i yeah. Uh, me, I, I prefer like the werewolf monster type thing. So just like a regular old wolf, you know, it's kind of uh, a bit lame to me. But that movie is still fucking cool as hell. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one seems to be forgotten a, a good bit. But um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck American werewolf. Holy, holy shit. And, and just what a funny movie. Right. Uh, too. Uh, just uh, and, and that that's for me, that's that's a, a fine line to walk. Uh, I, I don't always like funny horror movies, mm-hmm. but, but every so often, like there's, there's a few um, reanimator. I, right. I think is probably the, the best horror movie that, that sort of walked that line of, of comedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, sometimes I, like, you know, everybody loves evil dead too. And, and I didn't like it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought, it, I thought it was too goofy. Yeah, a lot, I, a lot of friends of mine prefer the first one because it's more like straightforward hard. There's no real humor at all in the first one. Yeah, and and so I don't like I don't know what it's like for people that are younger than me because you know because I saw the first Evil Dead uh, not when it came out but like shortly thereafter. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it when it it hit VHS, and then um, and then I was saw so I was uh, waiting with anticipation for Evil mm-hmm. Dead Two. And and at that point, Evil Dead was my favorite horror movie, like period, because it, it was just the most fucked up thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And so when Evil Dead Two came out, I like I didn't appreciate the humor uh, back then, because uh, I because I because I wanted something that was going to like, you know, beat the first Evil Dead in terms of just being like, uh, uh scary and explicit and and gory and. And and I didn't appreciate the Three Stooges ness of it. And yeah. like years later, I kind of went back to it and I, and I get it. 
now and, and I like it. But the first Evil Dead is still my favorite of 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 all those. Yeah, I probably have to agree with you on that too. And, and if you like look at any documentary footage um, of, of the making of that movie or read about like, you know, how they put that together, like, geez, man, like it's a miracle that that movie was that they pulled it off and that it was just as amazing as it was. They were really up against it. And, and, and you know, talk about like just having to scrounge uh, to, to put something together like they, they really did it. And, that, and that's that's probably maybe one of the most inspiring movies to me this is the story of it uh being a filmmaker myself to mm-hmm. to see how able to put that together that that one and night of the living dead are probably the two that are just like wow like they really had nothing and they then they just made a masterpiece out of nothing yeah and i mean they look look how i mean they're still just as popular as they were back then as they are now if not more popular now you know yeah, it's you know, I, I feel like Night of the Living Dead for being you know so many people don't don't want to watch a black and white movie now, but it's like man, I think that movie just holds up. I watch it every year. Like I try and watch it on Halloween every year, and mm-hmm. some years if I if I got something going on on Halloween, I'll watch it like the day before, the day after. But I do hit it every year, and never gets sold. Just just a great fucking movie. Totally. Last time I watched Night of Living Dead was uh, on the last driving with Joe Bob, which I think was last year when he did Night of Living Dead. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last year. And man, it was great because you got his commentary plus, you know, the movie and stuff. So it was extra cool, I thought. Yeah. And just, God, what a what a game changer that was. Like, I mean, ev- everything that came out after it, like it, it just changed horror. Like, like you like you can look at horror movies that came before that and horror movies that came after it and and two, two totally different things. Mm-hmm. No, it, like yeah, it, it totally it. set it, set the precedent for everything after that for sure. Yeah, I mean, Night of the Living Dead basically opened the doors for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then that opened the doors for Halloween, and then and then we, you know every everything that's come since like it, it's basically. Like Ground Zero is Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, I I agree with that. And that that's true, and I'm I'm thankful for it, man, because uh, Texas Chainsaw is one of my favorite films, and I'm glad it, it expanded off of that, and we get all these other killer films after all that, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, Texas Chainsaw is is, is definitely like. I mean, if I had to rank my five favorite movies of any genre, it's it's definitely in the top five. Um, I mean, just. God, like what a great piece of storytelling that thing is. And, and you know, and every, everybody who says this, you know, it gets repeated uh, so often, but the fact that there's no gore in it. And right. but people, but then people just like think that it's really gory. Uh, I mean, that's just a testament to good filmmaking, like the good storytelling, good editing, good performances. Uh, it's just uh, another one of those miracles that, that they, they pulled off with having very little money, but just a lot of gumption. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'm pretty sure I think with Texas Chainsaw one, uh, I think they got financed by some like uh, mafia type figures and stuff for that movie. And it was a whole thing. I don't know if you know about that. Probably do, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like, I'm not sure if, if the financing came from the mafia. Uh, I don't like, I don't like, don't quote me because, because I, it's been so long since I've read about it, but I know that the mafia was involved in the distribution of it. Mm. And that's where they got fucked because, because the movie made a shitload of money and those guys never saw any of it. Right. Like, like, because like it, it was, it was the mob uh, was, was controlling the distribution. And, and so like, they just, they kept all that money and, uh, you know, those guys were basically just fucked at the end of it. I mean, kind of the, the same thing with night of the living dead um uh they saw very little of that money that they came back from that movie and then they got fucked because um like some uh snafu with the uh title card on night of the living dead didn't contain the copyright mm-hmm. and so the movie came out basically not copyrighted and then instantly went into the public domain so when the video era came about uh any company 
that started up that wanted to put out Night of the Living Dead on VHS could do so and not have to pay any uh, royalty or, or, or rights fees to uh, mm-hmm. the, made the movie because it was in the public domain. So those guys lost out on millions and millions of dollars just by a fuck up. Yeah, that, that sucks too, man. Yeah, I know what you mean with the copyright stuff of Night of the Living Dead because I was seeing it everywhere on these like crazy weird fucking DVDs I'd buy from like Kmart or something like be some unlike licensed uh, Night of the Living Dead thing with this weird fucking art and stuff. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's Night of the Living Dead. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's because because any anybody could put it out. Uh, there there was this company called Good Times Video uh, back in the '80s, and their whole thing was just they would put out anything that was in the public domain and it was like just shitty copies of stuff that they would, uh, the tapes were recorded on SLP, which was like the six hour speed, uh, where the playback was just super shitty, but then mm-hmm. they, they could save money on tape cause you didn't have to put as much tape into the cassette. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that, that was one of the companies that I, probably the first, VHS copy of Night of the Living Dead that I got was from Good Times Video, and it, it looked like complete shit. Of course, now like there's a beautiful um, Criterion uh, edition uh, on Blu-ray that's uh, really beautiful. Yeah, I, I probably need to get that. I, I do love my Criterion releases. I've been uh, collecting all the David Lynch's stuff that's been coming out on Criterion, and um, yeah, fucking amazing I- stuff. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that Night of the Living Dead on Criterion is so worth it because there's just like a ton of extra stuff. It's just, I mean, just hours and hours of extra stuff um, related to the movie. It's it's a good deep dive. And the cool thing with the Criterion films, if I'm not mistaken, or um, uh, was it Barnes and Noble carries those in their like little video section? So that's pretty cool. You can just pick it up there. If they still do that, I'm sh- I think they still do. <laughs> Yeah, they do. And then uh, once a year, they have a, a sale where uh, all the criterions are half off. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> that's trouble yeah. for me, man. If I go in there, I'm going to spend a shit. We always spend a shit ton of money in Barnes & Noble, man. Between the collectibles and, you know, cool graphic novels they got out or, you know, uh, we, me and my wife love books. So we go crazy in Barnes & Noble. It's a bad idea. They step yeah. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, – the only one that was near me closed. Oh so, no, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's hard out there for bookstores. Like, man, like, like it's, it's tough. It's scary too, man. Seeing all these like, uh, bookstores closing down like the, uh, uh, well, we don't have any now, but we did have some mom and pop kind of DVD places where you can buy stuff from. Those are been gone for a while now, but yeah, it's rough. And I'm hearing Best Buy might shut down sooner or later. I know there's will be getting rid of all their, like, videos and all that shit and blu-rays all that's supposed to be going somewhere else on online only it's it's scary for physical media yeah it 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 really is like yeah i read about that earlier this year too that uh best buy was getting rid of all their their dvds and and movies and like it it sucks um this it's a bad time right now for um both musicians and filmmakers because everything has shifted to streaming Mm -hmm. and I think what nobody realized, I think everybody was just focused on the convenience of it. And so they were able to capture, you know, most of, of consumers, uh, you know, most consumers stream all their content. Now there's very few that are still buying physical media because, because everything has shifted to that in such a big way, the streaming companies have just like cut, uh, their payouts, like, Mm -hmm insanely drastically and if you are a musician or a filmmaker like it's not sustainable anymore uh like you know when i when i put a movie out when i when i first started doing movies in 2017 um you could get your movie on amazon and you could not make a fortune but you could make a decent amount of money you might make your money back if it's a low budget movie Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I can't remember what the, the payouts were like, I don't know, maybe like 30 cents a view or something like that. Uh, so which is not not great. But now it's like a half a cent. Oh, wow. So if somebody, so if somebody watches your entire movie, you know, 
90 minutes of their time, then you just got paid a half a cent for yes. that. So, you know, you have to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watching your movie to make anything. And it's, and, and it's, it's not sustainable for artists at all. And, and it's just as bad if you're a musician, like Spotify is paying mm-hmm. like what, like a 12th of a penny or something yeah. like that. And it's like, how, you know, how could you even buy strings for your guitar? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> and so what, what I tell everybody, it's like, it's like, like buy physical media, like, like, cause not only is it the only way that artists can sustain, but as a bot, as a consumer, like, you know, there, like we see so many instances, so many stories that come out where someone has bought something uh, digitally and then the company that owns it takes it back. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 you know, you might you might have paid. Uh, well, it, it was a big thing with Amazon Kindle uh, where people were buying books for their Kindle and then like they would fire up their Kindle to find that their book was gone. And mm-hmm. then it was Amazon just took like took it out of circulation. Ooh, that's what like, but, but I paid for that. Yeah. You know, too bad. And it, and it's the same it's the same thing like, you know, if if you go if you sign up for Spotify and and they have uh, all the recordings from your favorite band, but then one day they decide well, we're not going to carry that anymore and they yank it and then you don't mm-hmm. you don't have access to those recordings anymore. And it's like all the people that you know have Netflix uh, when Netflix first came out, people were under the false impression that like, oh, well, they're going to have every movie. It's like, no, they don't. Like nope. they, they have a, a handful of movies and, and they swap them out. And so if you thought you were going to watch Near Dark, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. it was up there last month, like it might not be up there this month. And it's just like if you buy physical media, you have it forever. It's yours. Yep. And you can pull out anytime you want and you can watch it or you can listen to it. It's like I've got you know, a whole room full of records that, I mean, I have records that are from like 1920 and, and, you know, they, they still play, you know, I can, I can, I could play that record from, you know, a hundred years ago, anytime mm-hmm. I want it. And, uh, and that's, just, it's just not the case with streaming. Like, like they can, they can pull stuff at any time. So uh, I kind of went on a little rant there. <laughs> the point is like, like, People need to think about uh, their purchases and and what it goes to and whether it's going uh, to an artist or whether it's going to some CEO that just made three billion dollars mm-hmm. and then doesn't doesn't pay his artist for dick. And uh, and and then as a consumer, being able to actually hold and own the thing you paid for. Right. No, I'm, t- I'm totally down with you on that. I do have streaming services, but I also buy physical media and I support like Bandcamp is pretty good for when it comes to like giving artists more money than the rest of like streaming services or whatever, because I'm on Bandcamp with my uh, Abraxas Horn project. And, um, you know, I sold a few during release this year and I noticed I did get a good bit of that money to, you know, it came to me. It wasn't like yeah. going somewhere else. So I think that's pretty cool. So and I try to always support on Bandcamp. I always try to buy physical media, even though I do have streaming services, but I do it all, you know, because I want to watch everything. I want to buy shit, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Bandcamp has been great. I, I'm I'm a little worried because, you know, they just got sold. And so I, I just I, I hate to be, you know, cynical about stuff. But I'm just like, well, it's just a matter of time before they fuck that up because, you know, some new company owns it and like they're going to try to figure out ways they can nickel and dime everybody and take a little bit more and take a little bit more. And that's how they do. I mean, that's how Amazon was. Like I said, when I started out, you know, you could, you could sustain uh, making low budget movies by releasing them through Amazon. And they just kept taking away a little bit more and taking away a little bit more. And then you don't really notice it until like five years later, like, Oh, I, I can't make any money anymore. <laughs> like there's no, there's no money here for me and then the other thing is is piracy uh like the two movies that i've made uh before uh the day they went up on amazon or like within hours 
of going up on Amazon, they were instantly pirated and hit all the torrents. Wow. So, so there's 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 these bots, uh, and I think they're they're all based out of Russia. And the only mm-hmm. reason I say that is because um, because my first two movies have been dubbed into Russian, <laughs> like, uh-huh. wow. dub, like not not subtitled but dubbed. They 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 got people to sit in a room and dub my movies into Russian. But uh, <laughs> Fuck. yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but there are these bots, and then as soon as any new movie gets released to Amazon, the bot will purchase the movie, and then instantly it's on like twenty different fucking torrent sites. Wow. And I, and I just would watch like my numbers go down because uh, when like the with the both the Theta Girl and Bad Girls, both of those movies, we initially released those to Vimeo because we because Vimeo is sort of like the band camp of movies right. where like you get like you actually get a good chunk of the money that people are spending actually goes back to you. So we'd release on Vimeo first and then we'd do that for like a month and then we'd put it on Amazon because uh, it's kind of like, like Vimeo and Amazon is sort of like Bandcamp and Spotify where like mm-hmm. one pays better, but the other ha- exposes you to more people. Right. So, so you want to, you, you know, the idea is you want to get on Amazon because, you know, millions of people uh, search Amazon and, and more people might see, see your thing. But then as, as soon as it went up on Amazon, I got, got pirated hit all the torrents and then like all our vimeo money stopped because nobody would pay to watch a thing that they could get for free and mm-hmm. and so so as, as soon as we hit the torrents we're just fucked no more money coming in oh. and uh you like that's the way it usually works every once in a while you hear a story about somebody uh getting pirated and it works in their favor and that's what happened with skinamarink mm. Did you see that movie? Oh, dude, that's probably my favorite movie so far this year. I'm pretty oh. sure it came out this year. It's, the year's kind of going crazy, but I think that yeah. it came. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that that guy uh, again, like super low budget movie. I think it was like around ten thousand bucks or something like that that, mm-hmm. that he spent on making the movie. And he submitted the movie to some film festivals. Got into festivals. Well, one of the festivals, somebody working at the festival, fucking pirated his movie oh man and, and and then it and released it to all the torrents and you know that would be such devastating news because like he hadn't even he hadn't even put it out yet like it was just in festivals it's like mm-hmm. well my movie's fucking worthless now because nobody's gonna gonna pay for it because because it's out there for free and but then like miraculously uh it, it caught on um it was really kids on TikTok uh started talking about it and and really hyping it up as like you know this like the scariest movie uh of the year There's, some people were like this is the scariest movie i've ever seen and the buzz got so big about it that uh that shutter came to them and they were like well, we, we want your movie because everybody's talking about it mm-hmm. and then and so then they did a whole like theatrical release for it and then it, it took off and and the guy i think i think it made like two million dollars theatrically uh so it just it ended it ended up like like uh, benefiting this this guy and uh you know being uh kind of in that same position i'm i'm like man like i like i'm so happy for him that that, that worked out because because 9 times out of 10 it will not work out that way the way it works right. out is just that well people just pirate your movie and then you never see a dime and then you're trying to figure out how to get enough money to make your next movie. Yeah. I'm really happy it worked out for man. Cause that movie is fucking killer, but it's, it's one of those movies where like, there's a bunch of people that fucking hate that movie, like really hate it. And there's a bunch of people like me that really love that movie. And it's a big divide between those two. There's no like in between. It's like, you fucking love it or you fucking hate it. You know, yeah. I, I actually am probably one of the rare in betweens. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and I'll, I'll quantify that. Um, I think when I, I started watching it and I fucking loved it and I loved like the first 20 minutes of it, I was like, this is so effective and so creepy. But then I felt like after 20 minutes it had sort of done everything that it was going to do. And then I just, I kept watching it 
and and I didn't. I, it was kind of diminishing returns for me after mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes, and then so when it was over and done, I was like, I you know, like I I, I think it would have made a made a great short film. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I, I felt after a while that my time was being used up, and uh, so I didn't hate it. Uh, I have mixed feelings on it. Well, that, that, I can totally see that. That's one of my critiques of that film. My biggest critique is that it's too long. If it was like an hour, I think that would be fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, I say that about almost every movie. I think every movie is too long. <laughs> Dude, movies are long as fuck now. I know the new Scorsese movie is three hours and twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's on iTunes now. Yeah, that's the only reason I haven't watched it yet because fuck. that's a that's a commitment. Yeah, that's a miniseries, dude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But, well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, um, uh, we're talking about horror movies. We're talking about movies that came out this year. Mm. A movie that was the right length was fucking Thanksgiving. Have you seen it? I haven't, man, but uh, everybody's saying it's fucking cool shit. I, I want to see it. I haven't seen it, though. Oh, my God. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It was like, it's everything that I want when I go see a horror movie. And, and and man, it was just it was effective, and the kills were amazing, and and everything about it. It's, it's a fucking great movie. And you know, Eli Roth is one of those guys, kind of like Rob Zombie, where like he has a lot of haters. Like, like yeah. people, people fucking hate that guy. And I'm not one. Like like I've me either. I've loved every movie he's done. Like I, I think I think he gets it. I think he gets horror, and I think he gets like slasher movies and why people like them and he's a fan and he, he and you can tell he's a fan just by watching the fucking movies mm-hmm. and uh and th- thanksgiving i might be my favorite of, of all of his movies wow yeah i'm hearing the same thing from a lot of people i trust with their like reviews and stuff saying how good this is they're saying it's just gives like like to me cabin fever is my favorite eli roth movie but people are comparing yeah. it just as good as that was so that's a big statement you know yeah, yeah, I, I I think you will fucking love that movie. I, I I'll be I'll be curious to hear uh your take on it when when you finally get to see it. Yeah, hopefully soon, man. That way I can uh get my thoughts on it and stuff. I'm trying to get all the movies that came out this year. I'm trying to get them all a watch break and have my uh, top ten. But my top ten's probably not gonna come out till like mid January probably because new shit's still coming out right now, like in December. Yeah. I want to make sure I try to watch everything from. You know, because sometimes, man, that one movie comes out at the fucking end and blows you away. Like last year, uh, Barbarian, I think that one came out. I think that came out to video anyways, to VOD, like towards the end of that year. And that one blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Did you see uh, Infinity Pool? I did. Um, Infinity Pool, I wanted it to be a little bit different than what it was. It was still good, uh-huh. but uh, like the, the like trailer and stuff made it out to be like, I thought it was going to be like a... Uh, I don't know, have to look at like a, a Mandy type film with like the cool reds and purples, that, that kind of look to it, you know. But when it came out, I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't anything like like Mandy. Uh, uh, it was a, a different animal. But uh, I liked that movie quite a bit. I, I really I like all his stuff. Um, uh, uh, David Cronenberg's son. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I think I think he's done a good job of following in his dad's footsteps. Yeah, he's solid. I mean, the movie was still good. It, it wouldn't make my like top ten list, but it's a good solid like eight out of ten for me. It's and, yeah. like he's got he's got a good eye for it, man. Just like his dad, you know. I think he's got a lot really bright future ahead of him, and I watch anything he does. So. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been so busy uh, with this making this movie that I haven't gotten out to see a lot of new stuff this year so that was one of the few that i that i got a chance to see that i really liked and you know of course thanksgiving um but i'm like you it's like man i gotta i gotta hurry up and like try and see like all these movies that i missed this year just so i can like decide which was the best i I like deciding which was the best yeah, it's it's fun, and I, I love doing like a top ten list every year. I've been doing this the top ten list since I started the website, and then got into podcasting. So probably like maybe five or so years now. Time goes by yeah. so fast now. But uh, yeah. recently, like one of the most coolest recent movies I've seen, I've been putting it off till towards the end because I want to make sure I, I had time to sit down and really watch it and wasn't distracted by bullshit. It was a uh, 
my friends in the Adams family uh, where the devil roams. I really fucking enjoyed that one. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It's are you familiar with the Adams family's work, like other films? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Okay, it's yeah, they're the Adams family. Like they're like the whole family does all their movies together. Like they fucking produce it and they act in it. They do everything, sound, video, all that stuff. And they're like, they, they're like nomadic almost, man. They travel wherever to film, wherever it's like super DIY punk attitude. And oh, they're fucking, I they're fucking awesome. Really nice people. They've been on the podcast once or twice and we'll talk to them again, uh, in a few months. But, um, yeah, the Adams family is really cool. Some of their films are, uh, they did uh, knuckle Jack, the deeper you dig, Hellbender, which is on Shutter. I don't know if it's still on Shutter or not, but it was on Shutter. But it's really I've cool heard, shit. I've heard people talking about Hellbender. I haven't seen it, but but I've heard good things about it. Dude, they even do. They have their own band. Like the whole family's in a band, and it's like fucking heavy kind of psych rock, a little bit of doom elements to it, some electronic stuff thrown in there. Like they do the, all their own music and shit. And they're fucking awesome. Oh, man, this, <laughs> this sounds so far up my alley. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to dig into this when we get off the phone. Yeah, go down to Rabbit Hole, man. Like, so far, all their films, so I think Where the Devil Roams is my favorite. But everything they've done is solid. And knowing that they do it all by hand, it's all them, it's just even cooler, man. And, and, how, and how cool they are, too. They're, like, the most down-to-earth people, and they're all, like, fucking, they're all into metal, punk. I mean, it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, so Where the Devil Roams, is that the latest one? Yes, that's her brand new one, and that is a uh, you got you can rent it on uh, Amazon or I think iTunes and stuff. I don't I don't know if there's any physical releases of that yet because it just came from like doing the whole you know horror circuit thing or whatever. So I don't know if they have any physical releases yet. I don't think they do, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll check that out on Amazon. That sounds that sounds really good. Yeah, I think it's like five bucks, man. It's it's really really good, really atmospheric, really dark. It's just I don't know, it's great. It's, cool. Uh, yeah, I think you really dig that, especially with the DIY spirit. You know, I think I think you're definitely connect with it. Yeah, I mean that's you know a, a lot of the stuff that I that I do make time to watch is is stuff from people that that I've met along the the journey of of, of doing independent film. So you kind of become friends with a lot of other DIY filmmakers, and so uh, so I, I try and always like catch stuff from people that are sort of working in the same scene that I am. Yeah, that's cool. And it's good to like, you know, befriend these people that you know are out there trying to do good things and like really like, uh, you know, cheer them on and stuff, man. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen uh murder size? Oh, murder size. That's on my list of things to watch things to watch, but it looks fun as fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's um, one of my, one of my friends made that. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so as, as far as as far as horror movies that came out this year, uh, and, and it's it's kind of campy. Uh, you know, it's just sort of like a throwback to to eighties slashers. Um, but uh, I recommend that. Okay, cool. I think that's uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's streaming on like Tubi too. So it's I had it to my yeah. list on there. So it is. Yeah, yeah. It's this guy Paul Ragsdale uh, made it, and uh, he's done some really cool stuff. Um, he did Slash Lorette Party uh, before this one, which was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Streets of Vengeance. Uh, so kind of a, kind of a, a cool uh, cool filmmaker, and, and I like the stuff he does. That's cool. I make sure I try to watch that before uh, the year's out, which I only have a few more weeks of that. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. But um, how would um. How would any like some of my listeners know like back your stuff up on? Are you on like Indiegogo? Where where do they need to go to help yeah. back you up on your movie? Yeah, so we're we're running an Indiegogo right now, and um, if you go to it, there's a teaser for the movie, and then a then a little pitch after that. But I think the pitch is pretty entertaining. It, it sort of explains who we are and what we're doing. But uh, that's www.potternostermovie.com. So that's P-A-T-E-R-N-O-S-T-E-R movie.com. And uh, yeah, like there's some cool perks and stuff up there, some fun stuff. And and I try to I try to make everything affordable because I look at a lot of crowdfunders and like and they just like have like weirdly crazy prices on stuff. Or like they'll be charging like a hundred dollars for a DVD or some shit. I'm like, 
that's that's nuts to me. Yeah, so that's crazy. I, I, I try like everything is priced in, in what it should be priced at. I think. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, and, and and we recorded a whole album's worth of music for the movie, and so there's like a double album is one of the perks, and it's real limited, and, and like there's like all these limited covers for it and everything, and then the the Blu-ray is going to be a double disc Blu-ray. And so it's going to have the movie and it's going to have like a bunch of extra stuff with the movie and then all the music videos that we made uh, for the songs. So it's just like a ton of stuff. Like I, like it's, I kind of like made an album, uh, an album's worth of music videos, a short film and a feature all at the same time. Uh, Cause I guess I just like, like to pop work under myself. So it's, it's a lot of stuff all at once. It's, it's nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to um, back this as well. I've been eyeing it and stuff. I've been waiting for uh, the right time to do it. And right now is the right time. So like anybody listening to this, you definitely want to check this out and back it because uh, Chris makes awesome stuff. And yeah, you won't regret it. That's for sure. And this new one's going to be fucking badass. I can already tell. And I love the music video stuff you're doing, too. This shit's fucking cool. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with it. Hell yeah. Well, it's been great talking with you, Chris, man. It's uh, we'll have to do this again next year. Uh, I don't want to wait as long as we did before. I think last time we talked was like <laughs> like three or three years ago or so. It was like when I first started the podcast and I was using some shitty ass mic and some old ass computer. So I've upgraded since then. <laughs> yeah, let's let's definitely do it again. Uh, maybe when the, the movie's done, we'll, um, we'll do, do a deep dive. I'm totally down with that, man. And um. I hope you have a great holiday and stuff, and uh, I will talk with you soon. You too. Thanks, Brandon. Take it easy. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.